You are listening to the Impact Church Podcast. To learn more about Impact Church, visit us online at impactharlem.org. You can also check us out on social media. Good morning, guys. It's good to be back with you again today on Facebook Live. As you can see, Pastor Andrew is with us this morning. Um, As I told you last week, this week is going to be a challenging week for us. Not not because the the message itself is challenging, but because the the context and the text is something that we have to deal with uh, as Christ followers, especially when we're doing what God's called us to do. Uh, I told you last week that when we begin to take those steps to do what He's called us to do, we're going to face some opposition and some discouragement. So this morning, that's that's what I want to talk about. We're going to get some personal examples from you of how Mm -hmm. you face this uh, in your own life. And we're going to be in Nehemiah chapter 4. And as you're turning there, um, I want to just give you a recap in case you've missed uh, any of the last couple weeks or maybe you just need a refresher. But we've been looking at the burden that ne- uh, that God placed on Nehemiah's heart, uh, the and that burden was that his hometown was in ruins, the the gates were burned, the walls were down, and his people were vulnerable. Um, they were uh, embarrassed. They, it was just a shameful time for them. And we saw that Nehemiah realized that he had a burden. He let it in. He let it break his heart. He began to rely on God through prayer, uh, and then he responded in action. Right. And last week we kind of looked at the blueprint of that action and we discussed the just four steps we could take uh, yep. when, when we do that. And number one was just to seek God diligently and that everything we do, we must seek after God. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we saw that Nehemiah clearly defined the vision. Uh, he said, hey, I want to go rebuild the wall. Uh, so the vision was clearly defined. And then he began to plan carefully, ask for protection, provision yep. from the king, some letters just to help. Um, and then he inspired other people courageously. And sure. that's where we are this morning. Uh, they have started the work. They've started to do what God's called them to do. And we're going to pick up here in chapter 4, uh, verse 1. But uh, I want you to understand that when we face opposition, it's oftentimes because we're doing the right thing. We're, right. we're doing what God's called us to do. Uh, if we're not really living in God's will or doing what God's called us to do, we don't really face a lot of opposition. The 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 enemy, the spiritual enemy, he doesn't really care if we're doing the wrong thing. That, that's his goal. He wants us to do the wrong thing. Exactly. So as we're doing the right thing and doing what God has called us to do, then we're going to face this opposition and this discouragement. So that that's a little bit of encouragement for you this morning, just knowing that because you're facing opposition, you must be doing something right doing something that God wants you to do. So the enemy is going to try two things. Number one is this. The enemy will discourage you from the outside. So let's read verses 1 through 3 of chapter 4. It says, Now when Sambalot heard that we were building the wall, he was angry and greatly enraged, and he jeered at the Jews. So he's making fun of them right now. Verse 2, And he said in the presence of his brothers and of the army of Samaria, What are these feeble Jews doing? Will they restore it for themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they finish up in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of rubbish and burned ones at that? So he just continuously throws jeers at them while they're doing this work. And then in verse 3, another discourager comes in the picture. Uh, It says, Tobiah the Ammonite was beside him, and he said, Yes, 
what they are building, if a fox goes up on it, he will break down their stone wall. So here we have people on the outside of this work beginning to discourage the, the Jews and Nehemiah here as they've started to do what God's called them to do. That's right. We have some, some guys that don't want it to happen, and they begin to criticize. Um, and man, it's, it's crazy how that happens. So I want to ask you, have you ever started to do something for God that you knew he was calling you to do and faced discouragement from the outside? Yeah, for sure. First off, what kind of name is San Ballet? Um, <laughs> I think uh, he didn't quite deserve to be able to the high horse and making fun of folks. I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Um, I think back to when uh, I realized I was called to ministry. Um, started sharing that vision and sharing that hope uh, and that calling with some folks that I really thought were going to be um, that we're going to be supportive of it. Yeah, and. Uh, Unfortunately, I mean, obviously, I mean, I really did have some great support um, in that. Some great people that stood by me, kind of took me under their wing and uh, brought me along. But, um, but when I first felt the call to ministry, um, would tell a few folks, you know, this is what I'm feeling with my life. This is the direction that I know God's calling me to uh, to act on. And uh, a lot of the feedback that I got from people that I thought were going to be really supportive of it, really stand behind me, be excited that um, uh, I'm really dedicating my life to to good works and to God works. Um, and uh, but what I got back was you can't make a living in ministry. There's no money in ministry. You can't raise a family in ministry. Uh, you don't want to put your family through ministry when you do have a family. Uh, stuff like that. And, um, man, it was so discouraging, especially when you expected support from those yeah. people and you're excited about something. Um, and then also, you know, kind of from the same point, some of those people, just they weren't going to have anything to do with your ministry, um, necessarily, but, uh, or with my ministry necessarily, but you, know, you thought you were going to get some support and some encouragement from them, but they always tried to push me down a different career path. And, um, they were just thinking from a, from a worldly perspective, from man's mind, thinking about, you know, quality of life, which I got to say, um, you know, at the time it was hard to hear those things. Um, but, uh, I just knew that I was going to trust God to provide, trust God to take care of me. And he has, uh, he has come through at every juncture. Amen. So That's awesome, man. Yeah. So one of the things that is just evident when you begin to do stuff, uh, for God is you're gonna face people on the outside of the work that constantly throw criticism. Yeah, uh, they're they're constantly trying to bring you down. Um, but on the flip side of that, God sends people sometimes th- to provide godly wisdom. For sure, and man, it's really hard to tell the difference sometimes between criticism that is to bring you down. Yeah. And godly wisdom or constructive criticism that's there to help you along yeah. the way. So um, is it easy for you or was it easy for you to tell the difference or did you have both? Yeah. So early on in ministry, um, just being young in ministry, it, it was hard to hear those things. I mean, it's still kind of hard to hear, hear constructive criticism sometimes. And and um, but it was it was hard to recognize those things. You'd hear um, you'd hear a. Uh, 
something that, that kind of goes along uh, or against what you expected um, or what I expected early on. And, um, you know, the first gut reaction is to say, am I not good enough? Like, yeah. are you, are you saying that I'm not, I'm not doing this right. I'm not good enough. I'm not capable of doing these things. Um, you get defensive. I think that's human nature a little bit when you get constructive criticism. But um, I think when you really stand stand it up against the word um, and just sit back and kind of look at it from a holistic perspective, um, I think you're you're typically able to to tell the difference between someone who's trying to tear you down and someone's trying to build you up. Uh, and that's what it is. That's what what it really boils down to is. Uh, criticism that uh, criticism is meant to destroy, right? Um, constructive criticism and godly wisdom is meant to develop. So um, yeah, if good. we can, if we can decipher the difference between the two, um, then uh, then we're we're doing good for ourselves, and we, we do this too. I mean, we even to this day um, we bounce constructive criticism off each other, and uh, you know sometimes it's hard to hear. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I've you know, thought you were a jerk. Oh, and, okay. uh, thanks. Yeah, absolutely. No, but you know, did you, <laughs> But you, you hear that, and um, you know, you kind of sit back and reflect on it, and you say, you know what, that jerk was right. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so, but yeah, it's uh, just recognizing that, and then then applying it right and learning from it. So, yeah, man, that's good. Um, we talked a little bit last week about. Uh, planting impact church and uh, just the burden that God had placed, you know, on my heart a long time ago of how the church has pushed people away from, uh, from Jesus. And, you know, we, we decided that uh, God was calling us to plant a church and the vision was clear. Mm -hmm. And, Man, we we face some of this. We face some criticism of, man, why do you need another church? There's a ton of churches. And uh, do you really think you can lead a church? Do you think that, you know, you have what it takes? And, man, here's the answer to that. No, right? absolutely. I don't don't have what it takes. Um, But God does. That's right. And he's placed it in our lives and in our hearts for a reason, whatever the burden may be. And, man, if we can just push through the outside discouragement, it just makes a ton of difference. Um, For sure. But not only will the enemy try to discourage you from the outside, he's going to discourage you from the inside. That's, That's number right. two. He's going to discourage you from the inside. And in verse 10, we jump down to Nehemiah 4, verse 10. It says, in Judah, it was said, so th- this is the people that were actually doing the work. Mm-hmm. They're doing what God has called them to do. It said, the strength of those who bear the burdens is failing. There is too much rubble. So here we have Nehemiah and the the people he's rallied mm-hmm. around the cause, the people he's inspired courageously, saying, man, it's getting too hard. Yeah. It's getting unbearable. I'm not sure we can do it. There's so much rubble. There's so much destruction. There's so much chaos. There's all this discouragement. Man, I don't know what to do. Yeah. And this is coming from inside the camp. Yeah. So that's a little different. There's two Two ways that the enemy will try to, to discourage you from the inside. One is just like this. People mm-hmm. in your camp, people that are working with you, just get exhausted yeah. or tired or they just don't think it's possible. They don't see the next step. Or mentally, he can get in here. Yep. Uh, and we begin to think that 
man, maybe God's not calling me to do this, or maybe I'm not capable, or maybe maybe these people aren't the right people, or whatever it may be. He tries yeah. to get in our heads, and we get discouraged from within our own selves. So you just discussed how you've been discouraged uh, from the outside. Yeah. Have you ever faced discouragement from the inside when you knew you were doing something God called you to do? Absolutely. So you came in with twofold. You came in with the mental and then from uh, from the people that you do ministry with. Yeah. So um, I'll start with the mental aspect. Um, kind of going back to when I was called to ministry, um, I, I really just kind of did this to myself. I, I decided in my heart that God wasn't going to get the glory if I just did something that I'd always done. At that point, I had led worship in youth group and college group. Um, I'd been church, on church praise team for a while and um, grew up playing music, grew up with my mom calling me to the piano and saying, hey, uh, sing this hymn with me, those sorts of things. Um, so I just decided that you know God doesn't get glory out of um, the not like supernatural. Like something has to be crazy for him to get the glory, you know? And I just, I kind of told myself that early on. And I think that was just a mental battle to slow down with the, the work that God was doing in, um, in me and that he had planned for me. So, um, for a while, for a couple of years, I really kind of battled where in ministry God was calling me. Was it youth ministry? Was it kids ministry? Was it, um, missions ministry to move? Uh, I know at one point Sally and I were talking about moving to Alaska. Um, oh, so, right. uh, yeah, that, yeah, was, that would have awesome. been that would have been crazy, but um, just God spoke to me so clearly through a message at a at a um, conference, and um, just made it very abundantly clear that it was music ministry that He was calling me into and worship ministry. So um, at the end of that that session, I, I talked to Sally and I said, "Hey, um, so God's calling me into to worship ministry." And she looked at me and she said, "Duh." Um, yeah. she knew it all along. So perfect wife response. Exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, mentally, I think you know, the devil will get in there, the enemy will get in there, and he'll just try to shake you up, um, get you off track in some way, shape, or fashion. So internally, you know, discouragement, obstacles from the inside. Um mentally, there's that for sure. Yeah. Now uh, let me stop it really quick. Yeah, for sure. Just to just to throw this out there that Whatever God's called you to do, you may think it's in, insignificant. You may think that it's small, that it doesn't make a difference, that, like, who cares? Yeah. But if God's calling you to do it, man, I'm telling you what, it's going to make a kingdom difference. For sure. So it doesn't have to even be joining the ministry, right? You don't yeah. have to be a pastor. Uh, you don't even have to be involved in ministry at a church. If God's calling you to do something, that's your ministry. That's, that's right. the ministry that he's given you, and it's not insignificant. Um, and you're going to maybe get that discouragement like you did that, man, I know God's calling me to do this. And then the enemy comes in and says, yeah, but what difference is that going to make? Yeah. Does, does God even care about that? And yeah. we say this a lot, but I want you to know that God cares about every little thing in your life. That's right. So just remember that and be encouraged by that. So mentally yeah. it gets on the inside of what about just the people that you're doing the work with? For sure. Uh, so early on. Uh, in ministry, when I first uh, started working um, working with a church, um, just really felt a heart to share about human trafficking, and this uh, this kind of rooted from uh, early on. 
I was really involved with like passion conferences. Um, yeah. the passion, Louis movement. Giglio. yeah, Louis Giglio, yeah, Chris Tomlin, favorite. passion city church, uh, Christian Stanfield, Matt Redman, um, just amazing, uh, amazing, uh, conferences and just a group of people that are just about yeah. a movement for Jesus. Um, but, uh, the first times, the first conferences that we got into is when they started introducing the End It movement, which is all based around global slavery, human trafficking, um, supporting ministries and organizations that are on the front lines, rescuing people that are in bondage and in slavery, that are uh, fighting through um, the uh, just through the legal system for uh, for people who are enslaved and whatnot. So um, I just, I felt a, a deep passion that God was calling me to to have this discussion and open up this forum with the church that I was at at the time. So decided to do it in a special service type for uh, setup. Uh, we were going to do a worship night where we just invited, we invited a, a local worship leader at a different church to come in and lead worship with us. And uh, we were just going to sing praises to God and just praise Him for how good, how good He is and how capable He is. And then um, we were going to have the discussion about human trafficking, and uh, we were just going to shine some light on that. And um, we titled the service Worship and Justice. Um, obviously, you know, worship night and justice, bringing light to, to slavery and seeing, you know, uh, justice for those who are enslaved. Uh, unfortunately, there's a gentleman on our leadership team who— um, really didn't appreciate the word justice. Uh, he really kind of associated it with some political stances, um, really kind of dug into some of the organizations that we were talking about, um, and uh, really just kind of dissected them. Um, some in a good sense, but but overall, his his pushback really borderline almost derailed the whole event. Um, and you know, it was, it was really hard to get through that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, with, um, you know, with God's grace, we got through that whole discussion. We went on with worship and justice, just as it was named worship and justice. Uh, we had, um, we had people there who had never understood the fullness of human trafficking and global slavery to, to sit under that and hear that. And, um, we had multiple people that make an impact in their life that, that they heard that they decided to just live their lives more in light of what was going on around global yeah. slavery and whatnot. So awesome. definitely had some pushback and some opposition there from the inside, from people that, that you're doing ministry with. And that's kind of hard to deal with sometimes. Yeah, for sure. Um, and that happens, right? So think about church planting. Um, mm -hmm. And, and we, we had people even on the inside, right? That like, man, this is this is hard. Yeah, this is going to be difficult. Uh, we're going to a, a community that uh, isn't isn't huge, you know, in Harlem. Yeah. And there's churches on the corners, uh, down the side roads, yeah. churches uh, everywhere. So this is going to be difficult. And man, it's it's a lot of work. And I mean, that's that's going to come up and. I don't necessarily believe that it's the people on the inside trying to discourage you. That's right. I think that the enemy is just using them mm -hmm. to discourage you. So uh, keep that in mind as, as you begin to rally folks. 
to join the cause, that you're going to face some of that. Um, and it's not fun. And, you know, sometimes we, how easy would it have been for you to just change the title and do something different because this guy was just pushing back so hard? Would that have been the easier thing to do? Um, it would have been easy in, in one sense, but I'm stubborn. And yeah. you, you know I'm yeah, stubborn. for sure. So, so I was pretty Amen. dead set on that. <laughs> but no, I mean, it's always easy to just kind of just not address the difficult, um, the difficult circumstances and the difficult conversations. It's easy just to, to just kind of do, do life and exist. But when God's calling you to some, to do something, uh, and you face that opposition, um, you've got to, you've got to stand, stand up to it face to face and stand into it and say, this is what God's calling me to do. Um, yeah. And that's hard to do sometimes. So you got to walk through it. For sure. So you're a music guy. Mm -hmm. So the fray sang yeah. a song. And one of the lines in that song was sometimes the hardest thing and the right thing are the same. Yeah. So sometimes doing the the next right thing, as we talked about last week, is going to be the hardest thing to do. Yeah. Uh, we say something here at Impact that you can't be afraid to make the hard decision. For sure. Um. So you're gonna face some of that. You're gonna you're gonna come across some decisions that are really hard to make, but you know it's the right decision. And the wrong decision would be a lot easier. Yeah. Um. Might not cause as much friction. It just kind of goes over smooth. But you yeah. know, at that point, you've gotten out of God's will, and mm -hmm. you're not doing what He's called you to do. So, um, keep fighting. And we say that, and we've been saying, keep fighting and keep pushing. And there's probably some of you saying. Man, that sounds great, but how do we do that? Yeah. How do we keep pushing? So I want to give you two ways to overcome, two ways to overcome the opposition of discouragement. Yeah. So let's read really quick uh, verse 14 of chapter 4. And I'm, I might get a little loud right now because this verse pumps me up. It says, And I looked and arose and said to the nobles and to the officials and to the rest of the people. So he says this to everybody. Yeah. He says, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Yeah. Man, that gets me jacked up. Because here's the two things, right? Here's the two things that we need to overcome this discouragement. Number one is this, to remember God. That's right. He says, Do, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. Mm -hmm. Man, that jacks me up, man. <laughs> so how does it help you to just keep pushing through when you, when you remember who God is, what he's already done for you in mm -hmm. the past, and knowing that he's faithful to continue to do it. How yeah. does that just help you push through? It just does. Like, I mean, you you get a sense of confidence. Um, I had a pastor once who would always say, you've got to preach the gospel to yourself daily. Oh, yeah. And the gospel good, is man. essentially this. It's you have to understand the fullness and the weight of your sin so you can understand the fullness and the weight of what Jesus did. And uh, right. the gospel is what Jesus did for us. And it's the grace that he poured out on the cross. And when we understand ourselves in light of who Jesus is and what he did for us, um, you're just in awe of who he is, right? 
So it just inspires you and encourages you that if he was willing to do that for us, that we had uh, that he had some really cool plans in store for us. So we're going to drive through them. Yeah, man, that's awesome. So Nehemiah had like he was bringing up stuff in the past. Like think about what God's already done for our ancestors. Yeah, for sure. Well, how he he helped Moses lead people. Mm-hmm. How he just continued to do all this work for them. Um, and then not only do you remember God, but you remember the cause. Yeah. You remember what you're fighting for. He goes on to say in verse 14, a fight for your brothers, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. So in yeah, context, he's saying, Hey, let's continue to fight. Remember yeah. the cause so that we can rebuild the walls and get protection. And we can get some of this, uh, we can let go of some of the embarrassment and some of the shame. Yeah. So fight for your family. So how does it help you to remember what you're fighting for? How does how does that help you push through? Yeah, so in sports, you cannot achieve the goal that you set out for. You can't win that championship, uh, win that medal, if you don't laser focus on that goal. So the goal is the cause. It's the why. Um, and just you've got to have that why and have that drive to to full-fledged go after it. And if the why is a, God, is a burden that God has put on your heart, then, man, it's worth it, right? So just laser focus on that. It will give you encouragement and confidence to go forth with God on your side. That's right, man. So as we close, um, our, our purpose here at Impact is for people to know God's love, mm-hmm. grow in God's love, and show God's love to the world. Right. That's our vision that we've defined clearly. And remembering that vision helps us when we face this discouragement. Yep. Because we realize that God has given us this work to do. We're going to continue to push forward through the criticism, through the discouragement from the outside and the inside, mm-hmm. because we are here to help people know God's love. That's right. And then to grow in that. Yep. And then to show that to the world. And man, what an amazing, an amazing thing to remember. Just the cause of why you're fighting. Yep. Because God has given it to you. Right. He's placed the burden on your heart. He's placed the burden in your life. So once you let it in, once you just keep seeking him, and you put this plan in action. Know that discouragement is coming. Yeah. Know that you're going to get criticized. Know that you're going to have opposition. And you keep fighting by remembering who God is, what he's already done for you, what he's doing for you right now, and just know he's going to continue to work on your behalf and work all things together. And then remember why you fight. Remember the cause. Remember the clear vision that you've already put down. And that vision is straight from God. That's and right. he's got your back. Man, he's there. He's got you. So just be encouraged. Know that the fight's coming, but you're not fighting by yourself. That's right. That's right. God's fighting the battle, and he's right there with you the whole time. And, man, that's encouraging. That's amazing. And I just I want you to know that I'm pumped up about what's going to happen. Yeah. Like, I think God's working on hearts Mm -hmm. and that people are about to to move in action. And... We want you to be aware of this, but know that there's victory. That's right. So I'm going to pray us out unless you have anything you'd like to add. No, all good. We covered a lot. Let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you. I just pray that you just, you help us to remember you. You help us to remember the cause and we continue to push and fight because of that. God, we love you. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy. We pray these things in Jesus name. Amen. 
Thank you for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast. For this and other messages, visit us online at impactharlem.org. In the meantime, you can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it on iTunes, and share it with your friends on social media. Once again, thanks for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast.